Hello, what is up? I am Molly Cash. This is Start and Keep Going, and today we're talking about reparenting. I am going to be starting a series within this podcast on reparenting. I'll be talking to other people, interviewing them. And today, though, I just wanted to introduce the concept. So this came about for me because I became really interested in self-care um, several years ago because I was getting lots of mixed messages um, from some sources. I was hearing, you need to relax, give yourself a break, take more me time, don't expect so much of you. And from other sources, I was hearing things like, buck up, push through, don't make any excuses. Um, you need to push yourself. And I just got really confused. And these, by the way, were not people talking directly to me, people who knew my situation. It was just free advice being given to whoever would listen. And I was so confused by this, thinking, how can you just tell anyone and everyone that they need to give themselves a break? What if they don't? You don't know them. And what if you're telling the masses to push themselves harder? But somebody over here is about ready to have a nervous breakdown because they're pushing themselves too hard already. So I got really confused and I wanted to learn how to really take care of yourself, how to really do it right. So now, the way I like to think about self-care, or just being an adult really, is that it's, it's really close to parenting, like parenting yourself. When you have a little kid, you've got to make sure that they get enough sleep and enough food. And you keep them away from things that are going to hurt them. And you try to train them to be kind to other people and do the right thing in various situations. And this is really what the goal is with yourself as an adult. It's a lot like just parenting yourself. So I like this idea of reparenting because we all grow up with some messed up ideas, right? <laughs> and maybe it's nobody's fault. I want to be clear that the purpose of this series is not to throw anybody's parents under the bus or anybody else. And it's not to focus on past grievances or what went wrong or any of that. I firmly believe that everyone does their best, especially as parents. And sometimes the best someone can do produces a result that is a struggle for their child. I know that's happening for me in real time with my children. I also believe that Parents provide tailor-made challenges for their children to help them learn whatever they need to learn. We're supposed to help our kids, yeah, but we're also supposed to uh, make their life hard in just the right ways. So let's just be clear that the point of this series is not to tear anybody down or say anybody messed up or did something wrong or didn't do a good job. That's just not the point. And we want to be more focused on now. Anyway, 
I read um, Victor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning, probably 14 years ago. And I loved that book. If, you, if you're not familiar with it, you've got to read it. And I tried to find a specific quote because I thought there was one sentence that really clicked for me. But maybe it was just the whole experience of the book. I couldn't find this in one quote. But the idea was that, look, whatever happened in your past, whatever you've been through, whatever you've picked up along the way, whatever you've been taught, whatever you've learned without being taught, it brings you all up to now, where you are now. And yes, all of that stuff has affected you. But what are you going to do now? Now you're an adult. Now you have a choice. You have responsibility for your life going forward. And so if you want, you can blame your problems on somebody in your past or something that happened in your past. But that's not going to help your future look the way you want it to. The only way you can do that is by deciding what that looks like and taking action to move in that direction. Now this Viktor Frankl, if, you, if you're not familiar with him, he survived a concentration camp and he describes some of that in his book. And he has every reason to, to blame his problems on the past, very justifiably. And yet he has recognized that that won't get him what he wants. Coming from a man who endured some of the most horrific things a person can go through, he says, whatever happened, what do you want now? You take responsibility now. And the rest of your life is up to you. That made a huge impression on me when I read it and it stayed with me ever since. Okay, now... Disclaimer number two is that you can't take responsibility for something if you are not aware of it. If you don't have the means to understand something. It's hard to be responsible for something that you don't know exists or that you don't know is an option or you don't believe is an option. So I don't want this to be about, oh, too bad for you. You're responsible for yourself. You don't need any help from anybody. That's not the point either, okay? All right, hopefully I've covered all my bases here. I just love to think about reparenting myself because parenting is also a very loving thing to do. It's not simply training like it would be at in a job. It's not simply babysitting, keeping somebody safe or just keeping somebody in line. Parenting, by definition includes a relationship that is hopefully full of love. And that's the kind of relationship you want to have with yourself as well. So that's why I like to think about it this way. All right, so how do you reparent yourself? I have five steps, actually six steps, but the first five fit into a cute acronym, which kind of relates to parents, I guess. Parents make rules, right? So rules is the acronym here. So the first step, is to recognize where you want to reparent. This might look like identifying a current problem or behavior or pattern in your life that you'd like to change. Or it might look like recognizing 
something from the way you grew up or something in your past or something that happened that you can tell is affecting you. You might not even know how, but something that you don't want to continue being the guiding influence of your future. You want to replace it with something else. So that's step one. The second step is to understand. This is where we maybe examine the past and think about what happened and think about where, where did this tendency come from? Did I learn this in grade school? Did I have a bad experience once that cemented this idea in my head and now I'm acting this way because of it? Try to understand where it came from. And here's where you want to be careful though, because it's not usually helpful to just go on endlessly digging into your past asking why, why, why. Sometimes that's necessary to an extent. Sometimes it is best done with the help of a therapist. And in, depending on the situation, this may be a step that you stay on for a while. But for a lot of things, you can kind of gain a shallow understanding and that is good enough to move forward. So step three is to let go. And again, this is one you might not be ready for for a while, depending on what it is. Letting go might include mourning for something you thought would be. It might include forgiving yourself or forgiving someone else. Letting go of shame, letting go of blame. There could be multiple things to let go of. And this is another step you might want some help with too. But you want to make sure that you're really ready to let go and that you have fully let go before you move on. Because past the point of letting go, you are now committing to take responsibility for your future results, your future life, your future self. You are taking yourself on kind of like a child to be the responsible party from here on out. So you wanna make sure you're not still blaming someone else or holding on to resentment for yourself or someone else or tied up in something that you're just not ready to let go. All right, we're on to step four, right? One, two, three, four. This step is envision. I almost didn't put this step in here, but I'm glad I did because for one thing, it makes the word spell rules, yay. But more importantly, before you go Searching, spoiler, that's the next one. Searching for a different way to do things. It's really important to take some time to look within you for what you want it to look like. And you might have no idea of the specifics. You probably don't know what options are even out there if you haven't seen any, if you haven't been exposed to much. But whatever you do know about it, You've got to check in with yourself and become aware of what you do want. Even if that's a very vague idea. So that then when you go searching, you'll know if it matches what you're looking for or not. To skip this step is like going shopping for clothes and just walking in with no 
no idea of what you're looking for. And while there's nothing wrong with that, you might still find some great clothes. It can be a lot more effective to head into a store knowing I'm looking for tops in this size, this style, and you don't spend as much time wandering aimlessly, not knowing what you're even looking for. When you know what you're looking for, it's easier to tell when you found it. Now again, you might be pretty clueless here and that's totally fine. Just check in for whatever small amount of information you already have within you of what you do want. Before you go on to step five, which is search. Go looking, find a different way. Ask other people how they do things. Observe others. There are so many places to find examples of how people do life. There are lots of bad examples to observe and that can be helpful too when you go, well, I really don't want that. That helps you find the right direction too to know what you don't want. But I would recommend exposing yourself to all kinds of different people with different ways of doing things, different belief systems, different patterns. And if you are guided from within yourself of what you do know you're looking for, you'll start to find what fits. And part of this step is to invent something new, if need be. If you do not find what you're looking for, if you don't find anything that you think is for you, make it up. People make stuff up all the time. If you're like me and you feel like you need permission before you can do something, here it is. I give you permission to make it up. Invent the way that you want to live your life. That's totally fine. So that's one through five that spells out rules, recognize, understand, let go, envision, and search. And then the dumb sixth step that doesn't fit in my acronym, which is really the most important one, is to practice. I think it's best if you, if you approach this practice like an experiment. You found something you think is going to be good for you, but you can't really know for sure if that's gonna work until you try it. So try it for a while, see how it goes. And if it's not great, please don't assume that it's just hopeless, that there's something wrong with you and it'll never work. You just haven't found your way yet. So that's when it's time to seek again. Go back to step five. Seek, search, what did I say? Search, search again, find something else to try and just keep trying until you find something that fits. That's your way. All right, this is all very high level and probably feels pretty vague. So I'm going to show you how I would apply this to an example from my life and hopefully that'll help. So here's my example, it's kind of silly, um, but just for illustration purposes, I am a night owl. I always have been. I remember being in, you know, third, fourth grade and being up till midnight regularly. I just, I don't know. I mean, I do know because I've gone through this process. I've just always been a person who stays up late. And as an adult, I've had a really hard time getting enough sleep because I just stay up late. So that's recognizing, all right? To understand this, I have thought back to when I was a kid and I'm the youngest in my family. And so certainly everybody else would stay up later than I probably should have. 
Um, I also have a kind of personality where I hate to miss out on anything ever. And so I think what happened was there was always something going on. I have a big family and I just didn't want to miss anything. And so I just stayed up late to be part of the party. I remember trying to go to bed and hearing everyone in the other room. They're laughing, they're eating, they're doing stuff, whatever. And I couldn't stand it. And so as often as I could get away with it, I would just stay up late. If I was really sent to bed, I would lie there listening and straining and trying to hear what was going on so I didn't miss out. Also, the rest of my family stayed up late too. So it just was kind of always my habit. But also that part about my personality and not ever wanting to miss out on something, that's an important key for me to understand too. Okay, so we go to step three of letting go. This one is not, I mean, it's just not a big deal, <laughs> right? So like, it's fine. I forgive myself for staying up late all these years. That's, that's a pretty easy step on this, on this example. But really as an adult, I have felt shame. Like what's wrong with me? I can't get my own self to go to bed. This is ridiculous. What am I, a teenager, you know? But shaming myself for having this habit doesn't stop the habit, doesn't motivate me to wanna change. It's just not helpful, it's not useful at all. So that is important to let go of the shame. So on to step four of envisioning. I think I forgot to say this before, but envisioning and searching and practicing are all steps that you may need to repeat. You might actually need to repeat letting go if, if you didn't really get there the first time. But this envisioning for myself, getting enough sleep, um, has happened over and over. I found that I need to envision actually going to bed and what I want that to be like. What time do I want it to be? What is the atmosphere? What, how do I want to be feeling? What I want to be doing just before I go to bed? Because I've found this strong resistance to going to bed. And it's definitely tied into this sense of not wanting to miss out. I've also more recently found kind of a tendency to not, to just not be satisfied with the day. If I'm not feeling satisfied with how the day went or what I got done that day, it's funny because I don't necessarily even stay up doing something like productive, getting more stuff done. It's just like this stalling of I don't want the day to be over because then I need to be disappointed with the day. Which isn't even true. I don't need to be disappointed. I'll only be disappointed if I decide to be, really. But recognizing that has helped me as well. And I've built that into my envisioning of what do I want to be going through my head? Things like, this day was enough. What I did was enough. Here's what I'm grateful for that happened today. Here's what I'm going to try again tomorrow. Things like that that help my mind have closure on the day so that I'm not just kicking around not wanting it to be over because it wasn't good enough. Now the other part of wanting to never miss out, it's interesting because when I stay up late and don't get enough sleep, I miss out on awesome things I could do early in the morning if I had the energy. And I miss out on feeling 
Good, feeling rested. So in all my efforts to not miss out, I'm really missing out on things that are way better than, you know, whatever TV show or doom scrolling on my phone could be happening late into the night. But when I think, oh, I shouldn't be scrolling, that doesn't really help me change anything. When I envision trail running early in the morning with some friends, that gets me to change. That's showing me what I really want that I would miss out on if I stayed up late and didn't get enough sleep. I'm working on envisioning myself as a rested person who feels great, who feels energized, who isn't mad about getting up in the morning. That's way more motivating than just beating myself up for doing it wrong. All right, so step five is to search. I think that's the word I settled on. This example is pretty simple again. Um, I have talked to people who go to bed early. Um, I know some people read novels before bed. And that sounds really appealing to me. I know some people who get ready for bed early in the evening so that later when they're tired, there's no barrier to them just hopping in bed and going to sleep. Um, I have read things and asked around and just kind of explored what options are out there for getting yourself to bed at a decent time. And to be honest, I've tried a lot of things that have not worked for me. So that is the last step of practicing and experimenting and I'm still in that step I'm still I mean I was up till one last night y'all I do not have this figured out but I'm in that step of practicing experimenting finding what actually works for me in in practice and not just in theory and I'll probably be there for quite a while and that's okay Speaking of which, if you have any great tips for me, you can drop me a line. Email molly at mollycash.com. I'd love to hear what works for you. But it's important to remember that hearing what works for somebody else is not the final step. You have to try it, evaluate, and then try again. Tweak it, change it. And you might need to change it again later as your priorities shift, as your body changes as your lifestyle changes. So it's really important to keep the attitude moving forward that this isn't done and I'm always open to change and improvement and learning, most importantly. Because when things don't feel right, it's just an opportunity to learn. I hope that helps um, illustrate this process of reparenting and I'm excited to do some episodes in the future where I'll be talking with other people and how they and hearing about how they have reparented themselves so we'll look forward to that and I hope you have a great week thanks for being here